Hey guys, have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a few others. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And I save the best part for last. It's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So listen, we've uh, they're in, they're only going to be here for a few more weeks. So while they're here, before Kennedy goes back to school and before Trey makes uh, a mo- major move in his life, I wanted to uh, have them on the show as much as possible. Listen, part of, you know we talk when you hear me talk most of the time, you hear me talk about how we're on the path to better and uh, how I'm trying to create a better community and a better environment. And part of these conversations uh, that I have with my children. Uh, they're kind of like uh, pop quizzes, if you will, because I'm kind of making sure that they picked up on certain things, especially Trey getting ready to make this major move. And he's actually been practicing for the last four or five years because he actually left home and he's had his own apartment in college and all that kind of stuff. But now he's, he's a grown man. And it's funny as we juxtapose our lives side by side. Uh, I was 23 years old when I left Little Rock and I moved to Atlanta. And now he's 23, and he's going to be moving uh, to another state. And uh, but he's a little bit. We got different, uh, different, uh, different. Uh, excuse me, origins because he has a little bit better foundation than I had. 
when I left Little Rock, I had $118 in a trunk full of clothes. And so he, but he has a degree, he's about to have a master's and he's picked up a little trade and all of these types of things. So I'm super proud of him and I'm super proud of him. Kennedy's about to go back to the University of Georgia and start her second year. But tonight I wanted them to come in and we want to talk about raising your average. Now, so Trey, a long time, for a long time in his life, aspired to play professional baseball and part of in baseball one of the major statistics that they look at, especially for Trey, because Trey is what you call a leadoff hitter, or it hits probably one through two, whatever, but more so leadoff. And so with a leadoff, you want to have a high average. And what the high average means is, is that if you have, if there's a certain number of times you get, uh, break down how you, how you calculate an average for me, Trey, if you will. Uh, average is uh, the number of hits divided by the number of at-bats you've had. So uh, if you've had three hits, in 10 at-bats, you'd be batting 300. Okay. And if you can do that consistently for 10 or 15 years, that'll pretty much get you into the Hall of Fame, right? It would. Okay. Yeah. It'll get you in the Hall of Fame. And, and so that in order to – and that means if you only get, get on three out, of time, three out of 10 times, Kennedy, how many times did you fail? Seven times. So in order to win, you got to – in order to win three times to get a respectable average, you got to lose seven times. Now, I don't want to go too far down that road. Because I want to, I want to, I want to stick with this aspect of averages. Because there's a, a motivational speaker by the name of Jim Rohn, and Jim Rohn says that we are the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. Okay. Let, let, let that sink in, everybody. Everybody, thank you for calling in. If you're on Facebook Live, please go, go to Disco 100 Radio. Uh, click in um, and make sure you subscribe when you get there. Uh, but uh, Disco 100 Radio, if you want to make a call in tonight, the number is 678-638-6626. But we are talking about raising your average. Jim Rohn says we are the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So what that means is, is that we can be affected by our environment. Would you all agree with that? Absolutely. Okay, so that means if you lay down with dogs, and if the dog, Chloe, so happens to have, that's our dog, but she don't have fleas, y'all. She got one of the expensive collars. But uh, if, if uh, the dog has fleas, and you lay down with the dog, what has a tendency of happening? get fleas as well. The fleas because you you're in the environment, right? That's like if you uh if you uh Kennedy, you're not there yet, Trey, I'm sure you probably experienced it. But if you go to a certain type of club and when you walk in that club, if the club uh has a very smoky smell and you walk in with your clothes on when you're gonna come out, you're gonna it's gonna tell on you because you're gonna smell like the room you were just in, right? Mm -hmm. Because you you pick up things that are in your environment. Now, uh, so first part of raising your average is that we need to be able to control our surroundings. I, I got to give y'all credit, Trey, at least as far as I know. I never, y'all never really hung around the bad apples a whole lot. No. So, so I mean, tell me about your friends. I mean, about how your, how, how your relationships have gone with your friends. 
that I mean, I mean, what are they doing now? I mean, what, did y'all make each other better? Did y'all challenge each other? I mean, what what were the dynamics of most of your friendships? Mm, I'd say I don't talk to most of the people I talked to in high school, and it's funny because a lot of them are doing the same thing, same things they were doing in high school. And I'd say it's bad, illegal, or anything, but they kind of just stayed stayed the same. They got comfortable probably being in a comfortable situation. Gotcha. What about Kennedy? What about you? Well, Lord knows, you know, it took you a whole dog on semester to find somebody you liked at school a little bit. Yeah, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what you're you're gonna say something? No. Okay, so uh, talk think back to high school then. I mean, you're how, what kind of people did you did you hang around people that were mostly in your classes that had the same type of classes that you had, or did you hang around people who were totally different than you? I I definitely it was birds of a feather flock together. Like my best friend was. Should have probably could have been valedictorian if she really wanted it. Like those are just the type of people I hung around. Mm-hmm. And did y'all challenge each other academically? Mm-hmm. Did y'all compare grade point averages and help each other study for tests and all those types of things? It didn't go that far, but we knew like the standards that we held each other to. And I don't know. I I know like I think I was a little bit more competitive than her. Okay. It just it came a little bit more naturally to her, I think. Mm-hmm. But I definitely wanted to be on the same level academically. Yeah. So so she 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 got it a little easier. You think she understood on another level a little, little bit? I ain't gonna say smarter because I I will never say it's somebody smarter than my child. But she challenged you enough. To make you want to be smart or be at least on her level at all times. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, Trey, now you just said a minute ago that you don't, in high school, you really didn't hang around people, which I know. I didn't say that. No, what you, you I do? said I don't talk to the people I used to hang around. Okay. So, okay, we're now. Okay. So, taking that to college, what types of friendships have you developed and maintained beyond high school and through college? Well, I, I'm friends with. About, I would say, friends with about maybe two or three people from high school. Okay. And and it's funny because similar interests have kept us in contact. Okay. I will say, like, uh, clothes, uh, investing, um, what else? Just drink, aspirations, just stuff like that. What about the college community? Because you're talking about the people that they're, they're, they're that are in college, that yeah. I met through college? Yeah, you met through college, to be honest. A lot of those relationships, I feel like, will die off soon as well. Because I feel like I, I have played with a lot of people that live for that and that alone. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know where, what their trajectory is like past Jacksonville. You know what I'm saying? So, you some people who just really came to college just to, to play baseball. And that's just, they lived there four years. And I was like, well, what do I do now? So, those friendships weren't, didn't have, weren't, really, weren't very substantive? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it was good in the moment. It, it got us by every day. I mean, we were with each other every day. So, mm-hmm. you had to tolerate them in some way. But after so long... It's going to come to a point where you're like, ah, you ain't doing nothing, so let me go ahead and move on in my life. Okay, now, now that's where I wanted to get to. So are you So you are mature enough to recognize when certain ones that are around you are taken away or aren't adding to you. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that could potentially. I'm going to give you an example. I remember, uh, and I don't know if I've ever told you all this story of disco. You can listen to it. When I was in college, my freshman year, I had a car. And so, you know, first week of school, you know, you meet all these freshmen from all over the country, you know, and you meet people in the choir and you meet people in the dorm. Just went. So next thing you know, I got five people riding around. and I, I had a 1987 Dodge Coat. I'm talking about black, with tinted windows. I had the airbrush on the back, 100% legit 
Man, I love my little bucket, man. But I had this little this little Dodge coat, and five of us in the car, me uh, and four other guys, a little small car. And one of the guys, while we're riding, he pulled out a pump shotgun, sawed-off pump shotgun. I th- okay, yeah. So when I when he pulled out the sawed-off pump shotgun, first of all, everybody in the car with me were fascinated. <laughs> Look at Kennedy's face. Kennedy's face is like, what are you getting ready to say? But listen, so I, everybody everybody was fascinated by the gun, right? I'm nervous, Disco, because I'm like, number one, we drinking right now. I know we shouldn't have been drinking, but we were drinking at this time. And uh, so then one of the guys in the back seat said, hey, shoot over in that crowd. Because we were passing by a group full of white people at a, at a Billy Bob's or some type of club in Pine Bluff. It was a, a, a honky tonk club. And they said, hey, shoot over in that crowd. And I said, no, you don't. <laughs> and, I, and I made a left turn, man, and we got the heck on out of there. And we got back to the campus. And I told him to get out of my car. And from then on, if you got in the car, you got a trench coat. Number one, I should have been, I should have been nervous. And I should have probably inquired when I saw that he had a uh, he had a doggone trench coat on in doggone ninety degree weather. <laughs> but he had to. But but just think about how many people have been in that same situation. Because if I had not said no, you don't, or if he would have acted quickly and just shot right quick, what if he would have killed somebody? And then next thing you know, they would have said, okay, the little red Dodge coat uh, with uh, Arkansas tags that had a hundred percent legit on the back. And next thing you know, they'd have been coming to pick me up, and I'm 48 now, I'd probably still be in jail. Why? Because you're hanging around people that can potentially bring you down. So you have to always be careful. You got to be always being aware of your surroundings, because if you're not aware of your surroundings, you're setting yourself up for failure. And the old saying, I'm going to say it one more time, if you lay down with dogs... You just have a tendency of getting up with fleas. So you can control your surroundings. So how do you start to control your surroundings? Then what I want to do is, because since Jim Rohn said that we are the average of the top top five people that we spend the most time with, I want to do an analysis of the top five. Because you, 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 know, you, you chose to hang around people who were smart on your level. You weren't going to hang you. I know you. If if somebody was not on your level educationally or intellectually, you would get bored real quick and you probably would get frustrated real fast. And that friendship would be very short-lived because you're my daughter. <laughs> and as sweet as you are, you know how to cut with a tongue and you definitely know how to cut with an attitude. So Trey, Trey the same thing. Trey just disappeared too and just won't rock with him either. Because we, all of us, me, I got to tell y'all this, all of my children are comfortable in their own skin. I mean, so well. Two, I think two thirds. Most of us are pretty much. Now she stay in her room all the time too. So we all, we all comfortable in our own skin. So we don't have to be under people or be around people for validation. You know what I'm saying? I, I like. I would like to believe that we validated y'all enough to coming up that you didn't have to. But listen, I want to do an analysis of the top five, uh, and uh, because even on this journey to the place that I that that I like to call better on the path to better, uh, there are some necessary evils. There, there, there are some people that you need in your life that it doesn't seem like they serve a purpose, but truth be told, they still serve. My daddy taught me this, and this is one thing I do remember. He said, you can learn something from everybody, even if it's what not to do. Do y'all agree with that? Yeah. 
Because you can look at certain, I'm like, yeah, 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 I said it in harmony. Uh, you can look at somebody, even if you watch their behavior patterns, if you watch their attitudes, if you watch how they rock, how they, I mean, how they vibe, all that kind of, if you watch them, you can learn something, what not to do. And, and, and that will help you. But so I, what I want to do is I want to do an analysis of the top five, top five people uh, that we potentially surround ourselves with. And these are people we actually avoid. But if we if we view it with the proper perception, these same people that we avoid can actually add to us, if that makes sense. All right. So there are several types of people. The first type of person is a doubter, a doubter. A doubter. Um, that means someone. Somebody explain what, what's a doubter in your. What, 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 how would you explain someone in in layman's terms, Ladybug or Kennedy? Just someone that doesn't believe in you or what you're wanting to uh, pursue. Yeah, and and that is so annoying <laughs> to have somebody around you that they that are so skeptical that they doubt everything you do. That's why you know what. I'm glad y'all are quieter than I am. <laughs> Because I do, I do talk a lot more than y'all do. And because I talk a lot more than y'all do, I t I share a lot of what I'm doing, uh, and sometimes, and I'm learning now. Uh, and it's so bad. It's sad that my, I said I'm 48. I'm really 49. Huh? Uh, I, it's sad that I learn later in life this because you got to understand when you when you're talking a lot of times, you got to realize that people are listening, mm -hmm. and those people that are listening, then some I've I've had people that I shared my ideas with, that I shared vision with, all those type of things, those same people would go and do the same thing that I talked about doing and then not include me in it. Mm -hmm. Now, I guess that's not really a doubt because that person really believes. What do you I say? would also say, uh, on top of that, a lot of people can't even fathom some people's goals and aspirations, so they're not even worth sharing it with. Yeah. You know, like they, they might doubt you because they can never see themselves doing that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you say? Do you agree with that? I agree. Yeah. I mean, I mean people people can only... I, I used to hear people say you can only take a person as far as you've ever gone. Oh, yeah. And so if you've not gone very far, then it's hard for you to see beyond your current situation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when I really want to see, I take off my glasses and I close my eyes because then at that point, I can really en envision what I really want to see. Sometimes what God does for me is God allows me to see the end long while I'm still at the beginning. And so when I see the end while I'm at the beginning, it makes it a little bit easier to go through the process. You, I mean, you, you found the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, because I know you you, are, you do very well with online study. You're, you're much better than I am. But a lot of it has to do with your discipline because, and I, I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong, when you get the syllabus and the rubric... <laughs> You go through it right away, right? Mm -hmm. And you try to figure out what deadlines are due by certain deadlines, all those types of things, right? And if you do that, you can always work ahead. Right. Yeah. A lot of people don't can't can't see like that though. Mm -hmm. They you know, they they gonna wait until the night before or the night of and, and those those individuals are doubters. You know what I'm saying? They have to prove it to themselves every time. But not only uh, should you avoid doubters, but you should also avoid leeches. This one, that one might be worse. Why do you say that? Michael Vick has some leeches on him. Yeah, they got him in trouble. He come back home. He said, what did I do? Yeah. Yeah, I, now I got to go back? You know what I'm saying? Because it, it leeches that were hanging around. Yeah. Had a whole bunch of friends. that like, He let do whatever y'all want to do. Yeah. And they tearing it up. Yeah. 
may have no and, 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 no, and look, don't have no skin in the game, <laughs> no investment whatsoever. But because they such and such a cousin, I'm Chris Tucker cousin. I'm somebody that you know I know somebody. You know I I, I got a relationship with, and I you know, I really don't do well with name droppers. I'm not I'm not I'm not real good with uh with those who who uh I'm, I'm not really even a clown chaser. Now I'm gonna tell you one picture that I do have that that I cherish, and that's the one picture that I did take with Congressman John Lewis before he left here. He came to our church one time for my pastor's anniversary. And I've seen a bunch of celebrities, man. And uh, and it's nothing wrong with it. I, I should do it more because it does help you get exposure. And all and, and publicity is good publicity. But I just not want, I don't even think to pull out my camera. You know what I'm saying? Because I've never been a leech. Yeah. I've never wanted to hang around people as a, you know, because some people say that they follow Jesus for the fish and the loaves. You know, you had 5,000 women besides men, besides women and children. And most of them were following for the fish and the loaves. You know, uh, Nobody really gives me a reason to follow them. And I mean that, and you know, and, and y'all, y'all be especially being like y'all's mom, y'all never would y'all do without <laughs> because before y'all would even go get a sell out, sell yourselves out to do anything to be a leech on anybody. I can't, I can't see it. I can't see it. I can't see it. All right. So not only are we talking about people, the announcement of top five, the people that we want to avoid that it can actually add to our lives. Not only do we want to, uh, are there doubters? Not only are there leeches, but there are also critics. Those are the ones that really get on my nerves because they critique everything that you do. And some of them, when they critique you, they don't even have any experience in that area. Sports sports analysts. Oh man, armchair quarterbacks. Yeah. And me, armchair coaches. But you know, and some of them, at least they can read the statistics. You know, because baseball got so many doggone statistics. You know, they mean it. But you know, so you can read the statistics. But they can't play the game. You know, they don't have the uh, the uh, athleticism to do it. But I'm talking about people that don't have knowledge of how to do things. Yeah. You know, I remember when I first started this podcast. You know, only when I really listened to from the beginning was really disco because disco got 1500 followers disco had about seven eight shows at that particular time or probably if not more than that and so with him knowing how his platform is he he gave me an opportunity because he, he had me come in start interviewing with certain people give me a chance to talk all that kind of stuff while i did my own show and so and then and even his critiques were positive critiques. And, bro, you need to do this. Bro, you might want to look in the camera. Bro, you want to do this. And it wasn't nothing that... But he was talking from an area of expertise. Mm -hmm. Most people don't have an area of expertise, and they don't have a platform or, or anything. You know, So why are they even... You know what I'm saying? That's why a lot... When you were young in baseball, I didn't let certain people talk to you. I didn't want certain people talking to you about baseball because... They never played, the, by the time you had turned 14, you had played a higher level of baseball than most of them had ever played in their whole lives. But still, they were trying to give you advice. Now, had I known then what I've learned about you now is that you have such filtered hearing that when people say something to you, it, it kind of goes through one ear and out the other. You mean, you you can look a person dead in their face and don't, am, am I lying? Am I? Because <laughs> you're not going to let them talk you out of your game, huh? Mm -hmm. It is what it is. I, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. So how about what about you, the lady book? How do you how do you handle criticism, the critics in your life? Mm, I think I'm good about having a plan. I mean, 
I think critics can be good. I think I'm a critical friend, mm-hmm. but I'll, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do. I know what I'm talking about. I think I I think I am a critic sometimes to a fault, but I do know what I'm talking about. But there's a difference between constructive criticism and destructive criticism. And I'm harping on every single thing. Every single thing. And then and then some and then another thing is if you're a friend of someone and you offer a critique, that's one thing. But I'm gonna tell you something that does kind of irk me, and that's unwelcome criticism. Or un, 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 well, I don't even like unwelcome advice half time because even with advice, you know, advice is optional. <laughs> if somebody gives you, if somebody gives you some advice, you don't necessarily have to take that advice. You know what I mean? That that's just that's a choice in my multiple choice list. You know what I'm saying? That that that's one option. But sometimes people give you advice and they think that 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 that, that well, I gave you that advice, so you need to take it. No, that don't, that I don't necessarily have to take that advice. I mean that's. That's just something for me to consider or something to ponder. But a lot of people, and you got to watch those type of people because those types of people are the ones who are just overly critical, overly critical. They, they never have anything good to say. And when you run into an individual like that, that's typically an individual who's not happy with themselves. Because whether y'all know it or not, we see the world how we see ourselves. From the inside. So if we're miserable all the time, then we're gonna have a miserable persona in the world, and then we're gonna everything's gonna be miserable. Even our sunny days are gonna be great. You know, even I mean, I mean, I mean we get oh woe is me, and I, I we just can't be can't be like that. So the fourth the fourth type of person is someone who is envious of what you have. You gotta be careful hanging around people who are envious of what you have. They see what you got, and they want the same thing you got. Now they might they they want the glory they want the glory. But they don't want the story, <laughs> and so what they do is when they when they when they see what you have and they found out how you got there, then as Disco say, they start on running their mouth and telling everybody your business, and that's really because they envy you. It don't take. I'm, I, I remember somebody came to our house one time. They said, "Yeah, no, y'all got too much house mm-hmm. for real." That's that. That was the first thing you thought of to say. You know, when you come to somebody's house. I mean, I mean, not nice house, not, you know, can I get a tour, not whatever. You could have spent the night if you wanted to, but the first thing they say when they walked in, yeah, I got, this is too much house. But that's the kind of people that we deal with on a daily basis. All right? So not, 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 uh, then, uh, after the envious, then we have those uh, who are the victims. <laughs> we have those who are the victims, people Somebody explained that one to me. Y'all, y'all, do y'all know people who are always a victim? I do. I can't be around them at all. How do they act? They, they just revert everything back to them, and everything that happens is to them. And I just let it happen to them. <laughs> I just let whatever's happening happen to them. I really can't respond to it at all. So you have a mental block when you come to that. It's automatic when the enemy, when the enemy comes in the flood, you look like you lift up a standard immediately. What about you, Turf? Yeah, but I ain't gonna say who it is or what it is. But I, oh, I, don't, I don't like that. I really don't like when people play the victim because it don't make me feel any. It don't make me feel sympathy. Nothing. It don't make you feel sympathy. When I know you play the victim all the time, you know. And people will pull that victim card all out in a heartbeat. 
Yeah. They'll do the same thing to you and then play the victim when you do it back. Or yeah. when it happens to them. Not even do it back. Yeah. Yeah. Man, and that's and uh and and I wonder if it helps them get to another another place, so another place in life. You know what I mean? Because so. uh, I mean, I, I've I've seen so many people play the victim, and they cry and they whine, and when they get through, don't nothing change. It's the same situation. So I think for some, playing the victim is almost a uh, almost is a uh, uh, it's almost a learn. It's kind of a knee jerk reaction. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's. I think a person who plays the victim is like so far out of touch with their emotions. You know what I'm saying? That they can't control their emotions because that's just. Or do you think it's calculated? Mm, yeah, they're usually weak minded, I would say. So you, think, you don't think that you don't think they can control it? Sometimes, yeah, but I think it's a subconscious behavior, really. Just subconscious. I'm going to play the victim because I know it's usually my way out. I agree. So you think they meant to do it? No. Okay. I think it's. Subconscious? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it's definitely a learned behavior. Uh, I think it just automatically just just clicks in, and so and and they think it gets them attention, or think they think it keeps them from getting in trouble, or something like that. But truth be told, it's really you. But but the good thing about dealing with all these types of people that I'm talking about, and there's one more, it's one more is those that uh those that make the most noise, and 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 when I say make the most noise, it doesn't necessarily mean that. They that talk the most. It's just those that keep up the most activity around you, and it's not always uh, positive noise. It may be, like attention seekers. Yeah, attention seekers. That, you know, some, are you clairvoyant or something? Because Dorothy Brown literally just typed attention seekers right there. Did you see it? No, I didn't. For real, my daughter clairvoyant. I promise a woman just to type attention seeker. That means. <laughs> you know what attention seeker is? No, clairvoyant. Oh, clairvoyant. That means they can kind of see something spiritual. Oh, I thought it was a perfume. So no, <laughs> no. It's stupid. <laughs> Turn your mic back. I'm joking. <laughs> no, but for real though, we got people that are that that are, explain that further than since you said attention seeker. Let me know. They they want all eyes on them no matter what. Yeah. As long as it's not on somebody else, they'll get it however they can. Do you think all publicity is good publicity? It depends on what you're trying to do. So, yeah, what's thing. the goal? Okay, so I'll say if rappers stay in the news, it don't matter if it's good or bad. Exactly. But if you got some goals and aspirations beyond entertainment, then yeah, that's yeah. it's not always good. Thing. Preachers and preachers get a whole lot of bad publicity. publicity. That's the truth. I wish I had a BB gun. I'd shoot it right over there. <laughs> not a BB gun, but a spitball. <laughs> but preachers get a lot of bad publicity for real. You know, so you. But like on this podcasting thing, you know, like for instance, I don't want to get into the internet beefs and you know and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, man. I watch how Kwame Brown and all these other guys, they talk to each other bad, man. They be talking about meeting each other up the street, fighting and <laughs> flying into a different town and all that kind of <laughs> stuff, man. To fight grown forty some year old men to fight, man, for real. If you challenge me to a fight, you come on, I promise I'm gonna have I'm gonna have uh, Cobb County waiting on you when you get here. Mm-hmm. And Cobb County like you, they got somewhere for you. I promise they got somewhere for you. I'm not I'm too, I'm too, uh, I'm too old, too mature, too polished to be running around here trying to fight somebody for real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, amen. So, but uh, but yeah, so but all those things help to build mental toughness. Now, let's uh, now, so in other words, when you pick your top five, uh, or when you really can analyze your top five, 
more than anything, you want to pick somebody who compliments you, C-O-M-P-L-E-M-E-N-T, and not only who compliments you, C-O-M-P. Because if you got someone who want to always tell you how great you are, or always tell you how good you are, or how you the best thing since sliced bread, you might want to be careful being around people like that. Mm -hmm. You need somebody in your life that's going to provide enough balance so that even when you start to do something wrong, they love you enough or they're not afraid of you that they'll tell you that you need to get it right. right. Somebody, so you know, you want people who compliment you, uh, but not only, but not just compliment you. We also want people who complete us, not only who compete with us. And now it's good to have, like you said, some of your friends y'all competed a little bit, you know, on the, on the grades and whatnot. But if you got somebody who are so competitive to a fault. Everything you say, they want to try to pick, uh, pick your words apart, and they always want to. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, and I know people, people who always want to uh, embarrass you or always try to highlight your fault. That's something wrong with that individual. And so you don't really need. I don't need people like that. You know what I'm saying? So you got you got to be careful when you start dealing with people like that. So uh, so uh, you want people that's going to tell you. What's right? So you want some some competition is healthy, uh, some competition is healthy, but some competition really gets on your nerves. Somebody's uh, inboxing me through my Facebook. That's what that noise is. But more than anything, your top five, whoever's around you, y'all got a vibe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And 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 honestly, I, I don't. Trey, do you have a top five? No. I know I don't. That's why I'm saying I really don't have many friends. Okay. Like, it's not, I, I don't know if it's a bad thing. I just I don't know if the the people I talk to now, most of them I'll be talking to in a few years, and I and I'm okay with that. I'm alright with that. It's just I know I'm outgrown. I know that already, so mm -hmm. it's okay. What about you? I mean, do you have do you have anything close to a top five? I don't have a top five. Do you what, have a top five? When we say top, you know, top five don't have to be top friends. It's Those top. Years? It's top. No, it's top five people that you spend the most time with. I mean, y'all know y'all spend time, so y'all got three at home. You know what? We don't really spend time with our. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't. So let's 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 adjust then. So if you don't have a top five, then the people that you ha do hang around, how influential are they? I got supporters. I definitely have supporters. I don't have anyone in my corner that don't think I can do what I say I'm gonna do. Really? Because I'm careful who I share my plans with. Okay. And are y'all pretty much on the same trajectory, the, the uh, ones that are closer? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say so. Do you have anybody that you can confide in or that you uh, that you share that you think would make you better or, you know what I'm saying, that would challenge you or, or, or that compliment you at all beyond family? Yes. Okay. How many would you say you have? Mm, two. Okay. So your five is two. Your five? Three, maybe, maybe three. four. Y'all yeah. probably got it more than I do because y'all know I don't really rock with anybody like that. I mean, I, I have acquaintances that I might work with or, I mean, but I can go days. You know, if, if I'm not working, I can sit around the house for days and not deal with, you know, too many people. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. But, but if it's not a bad thing, is it a good thing? <laughs> Because, because I'm because what 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 are you missing? Do you think like do you feel like you're missing out on anything? You could be missing for other people's perspectives. Uh, you could be missing uh, uh, 
collaboration. You're missing sharing. Like for instance, you said you don't like to do group projects mm-hmm. because you don't trust people. And I guess hanging around, if you have five, you gotta develop trust for more people. You know what I mean? So it's it's there are some other facts. And then more than anything, you learn to be relational. <laughs> you learn you learn how to have a relationship with people. You know, we I mean we we were kind of reclusive growing up. I mean, we, through most of y'all's lives. Outside of baseball and the friend and the friends that we met there, but most of those friendships weren't really organic. You know what I'm saying? They were they had a reason that were for baseball, you know, and those same people we don't talk to anymore. I got a couple of them that we do. But for the most part, we've been there for each other and outside of family, we haven't I mean, y'all couldn't make many friends until y'all got older because y'all were always at the baseball field or the softball field, right? Mm-hmm. And so and those were your friends and those were the people that you were hanging with. But if you do you want to be anti because I'm I'm giving you an example. When we went to Kansas City that time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Y'all wasn't happy to meet a whole lot of people, even though they were family. Because y'all wasn't used to being around a whole lot of other people. Mm-hmm. And you flat out said, Dad, we don't know people. <laughs> mm-hmm. So is it, can it be a bad thing if it makes you antisocial? Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe. If antisocial is a bad thing, you're honest. Anti is always I mean, bad. I think I need to be more social for my future, I think. I'm anti a lot of stuff. I don't think it's bad. <laughs> what don't they be? I'm gonna spit all this drink out. Yes, it's Rico. I'm with it. But I mean, I'm anti social to an extent, but I I think it messes me up from the standpoint that when I am around people, sometimes I'm so quick with my mouth. And I think it's um you bro, you'll be surprised. I I'm, I rock with you, but I don't. You can have my but children. I feel like you have like the ability to flip a switch. I, I feel like to. I haven't developed that all yet. I have to because I'm a preacher yeah. and because I'm a salesperson. But when but if I work a, if I work a deal for three or four days, if I go to a dealership, Trey, you know this too. If I go to a dealership for three days, I got to come home and sit down for three, and I don't want to be bothered. I stop at the grocery store and get me some zebra cakes and some crunching munch and some grapes and, and a DoorDash for three days and don't bother me because I, I, it's like wiping people off, you know. Because I'm 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 I don't I don't know if it's I, I'm such an introvert. Somebody said I'm an ambivert. I'm, I can I can go both ways, but I'm definitely not an extrovert at all. I mean I I'm looking for a corner to put my back in, in the small group. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I get it, I get it, but I know that we need to be a uh, yeah, Anthony McCreary said I was real quick in Valdosta because I get you off me quick because my mouth is quick, and so if you if you hit them with a, it's kind of like if you hit them with a quick jab right quick and stun them and then it'll back them up. I'm not trying to be mean, but it's just that's the way. Anthony, do you have some white shoes on that? Watch show like see them white shoes. What is that? this dude in Valdosta man? He has a white. No, they were bone color Burberries. Man, I looked at the show. I said, "What those coats?" He said, "Nah, these Burberries." I said, oh, okay. But, it, but he had three pairs of white shoes in three days. Well, I was like, that's my partner, Anthony McCreary. But I'm glad he's listening tonight down in Valdosta, Georgia. Okay, listen. Like I said, the phone number is 678-638-6626. We're talking tonight about raising our average, and we're talking about the type of people uh, that we are want to hang around. Now, I just named uh, six types of people that we probably would want to avoid, but those people actually add to us. 
because what they do is they make us men more mentally tough. Those six types of people are the doubters, the leeches, the critics. Uh, what's the other one, Trey? The envious, mm -hmm. the victims, and the noisy. Okay, the noisy ones. Those are the ones. So now what we want to look at, we want to look 12, because if we want to be above average people, I, I'm, I'm going to ask y'all this question, because I, in, in on a corporate scale, when you start looking at leadership and the, and the law and the averages of numbers, you know, you know, you know the number system, you know, like, for instance, uh, most leaders have to be at least an eight, you know what I'm saying, or... Most average people are between fours and fives and sixes in that range, right? So, in the, you know what I'm talking about, Trey, the different types of numbering systems? Uh, I've never heard of that, actually. Okay, but so when you, when you, yeah, so they say that we attract kind of what we are. So, if I'm a six, then I'm mostly going to attract fives and sixes, right? Mm -hmm. But if there's a leader and the leader's at least an eight, then a leader, one of his jobs is to try to reproduce himself. So, if you got an eight, an eight can usually take a five and make him a six if he spends enough time with it. A 10 might be able to make an eight or nine, but a 10 usually can't make nobody a 10, but he can make him an eight or nine. A 10 might make a six or eight if he's real, real, real strong, right? So you have, you have, so when you, as you start looking at the types of people that you want to associate yourself with, you got to kind of, first of all, do a self-evaluation of what kind of person I really am, right? Mm -hmm. Because whatever type of person I am, it, by the law of attraction, I'm going to attract people that are kind of similar like I am, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm an eight, then I'm probably going to attract eights. And I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying where I am yet, you know, I, I'm, I'm, but uh, just depending on where you are. So what we want to do is we want to look at some characteristics of above average people uh, mm -hmm. through philosophy. And we, we have some quotes that are kind of help bag some of these uh, points up through uh, philosophy because these characteristics uh, are good and these are going to be characteristics that are carried by above average people. Ladybug, read that first one for me. What, what is above average? What is the first uh, above average people do? Uh, first characteristic is that they respect and exercise their power over their reactions. You hear that? Did y'all hear that? The first thing above average people do is they respect and they exercise their power over their reaction. Now, I can't control how you talk to me, but I can control how I respond. And I'm learning that as, I've, as I mature, and I'm sure my children can attest to this a little bit, uh, I'm learning that as I mature, and I'm 49 and I'm still growing, I, I'll be honest with that. Uh, but at 49, my, my reactions aren't the same like they were at 29. And they're not like they were at 34. They weren't, are not like they were at 36 and 37. Because there was a time that if you said something to me that was out of the way, then I would probably try my best to get you together real fast. And I'd try my best to embarrass you. And I mean, I, I mean, I was wrong. I mean, it just, it is what it is. I was wrong. But what you got to learn how to do is you got to learn how to control your reaction. Travis, uh, I was looking back at uh, one of your videos. You know, when it was the video when you did the leadoff home run against Appalachian State in the uh, in the uh, tournament when y'all went to the went to the regions that year. And it was interesting because when you were running around the base, it was like it looked like you almost had you were bound with a rubber band or something. 
because you didn't want to throw your hand up and do like that or nothing. Mm -hmm. But you kept throwing a little fist like, like yeah, mm -hmm. like, yeah. I'm like, boy. And I was laughing because I'm so used to you not showing emotions. Mm -hmm. I'm so used to you just getting a home run, run around the base, step on the base. Make a double play, make a double play, you know, get through it. And it's so funny because you've been on ESPN, you ran 100 feet across the field, dove, rolled on the field, all that kind of stuff. You get up and all you do is throw the ball in and go right back to your position. Mm -hmm. Because you are mentally tough enough. What do you think made you so mentally tough? Mm -hmm. All the things we kind of went through when, when we were younger, or when we were younger. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, yeah, we went through a lot when we were younger. And a lot of people have no clue. Exactly. They have no yeah, clue. Yeah, they yeah, have no. no clue, man. They have no clue. I people. think, and I think that's also a subconscious thing. Uh, I think it's the Freudian perspective. Sigmund Freud said uh, many of our experiences are based off of like what happened in one our childhood and and into our subconscious thinking. Yeah. And I think that's kind of how my, I've been conditioned, just in subconscious thinking. I don't really think I, it's been built or anything. It's kind of just happened. It, it, it definitely happened. You I mean you were you was man at six or seven years old. You would jump on that scooter and be gone to the lights, you know, mm -hmm. to the lights off. Um, I mean, you just I mean you people. We would be at parent teacher conference and people would know you, you know, that we didn't even know because you. We kind of let you go. Trey was Trey was interesting, man. Trey, uh, before he took swimming lessons, he taught himself how to swim over at a friend's house, hanging in the backyard. He got over. Uh, we the little fear of dogs that he had for as a youngster. He got over that fear of dogs. He taught himself how to not be afraid of dogs. He went through a whole lot, you know. Um, and I, I get, and I guess you kind of did pick those things up subconsciously. And and like I said, out of the twenty three years that I've known you, I can only think of two or three times that you've shown emotion. I mean, it took a whole lot for you to show that emotion on that home run. You did show emotion when them boys stole your candy, though. They, mm -hmm. you, you were you were hot on that one. You, but uh, yeah, that, that that's a good thing. But above average, they respect and exercise their power over their reaction. Trey, read the second one for us. They see happiness as a decision, not a goal. Ah, somebody type that one in the chat for me, please. Somebody type that in the chat. They said it says they see happiness as a decision. Not a goal. What does that mean, Ladybug, to you? If you if you had to break that down, um, they they see like every opportunity that they have to go in every opportunity that they have to get to that goal, they're still happy every step of the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, happiness is happiness is the, is the decision. I mean, regardless yeah, of what happens, yeah, and and if 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 your goal in a relationship. If your goal is, is is in a marriage, uh, if for you looking for somebody else to make you happy, I'm gonna tell you right now, you probably need to get out of that relationship, and you need to do a self check and really reevaluate your position as it relates to what makes you happy. Because number one, most people say happiness is based on happen happenings. So if your happiness is based on happenings, then you've not made your happiness your decision. You said I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, and then this is gonna make me happy. No, you need to wake up in the morning with happy. happy you know, I know there's a there's a difference between happiness and joy, but happiness is definitely the first step of joy. I think joy is is something that's deeper and it's a lot more organic and it, it definitely uh, it's more uh, more fulfilling, if you will. But happiness is definitely on the way 
towards having joy, right? So if you're going to be happy, you need to make that decision regardless. I'm going to be happy regardless of what's going on in my life. That's that's not the goal, all right? Uh, second thing, I mean, third thing, and that y'all have heard me say this a lot of times, we have two ears and one mouth for what reason? To do twice as much listening as we do talking. To do twice as much listening as we do talking. Above average people listen more than they speak. I'm going to let that marinate for a moment. Above average people listen more than they speak. Because when you part of listening is not listening to respond, but it's listening to comprehend. Right. Because everybody, I mean, so many people, especially in my generation, they want to have those one, one, those one word answers or those cliche responses or those drop the mic answers that a lot of times we miss the content or the context of what a person is saying to us because we're not, we're so quick to want to listen to respond. You ever been in that position? Have you ever been around people like that? I can't put my finger on a time, but I'm sure I've, <laughs> I've been in that position. <laughs> I don't have an that example. That is my child. I thought that's my child. What about you, Turk? Yep. I, I know people. It'll be everybody against them. They still right because they're the loudest. I'm not, I'm not going I'm not gonna make it a black and white issue, but I remember one time it was a... It, it's black and white. Yeah, he is that. But it was a time it was a white guy, and I had to block him. But we were on this post... And uh, we were debating something. And it was four black guys and one white guy. And he was arguing with all of us, telling us we were wrong. And finally, I said, you know what's interesting? I said, this is why this is what why black people can't be racist, in my opinion. Because here you are, one person, and you're arguing with four black men. And it's not four normal black men. I said, all these black men, one was an architect. I got a master's degree. I almost got another master's degree. The other two were successful individuals as well, right? And this dude is sitting up here arguing us up and down. And, 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 the, fact, and the fact of the matter is, his orientation didn't even prepare him for the answer that he was trying to make. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to uh, talk about what you have not experienced. And that's exactly what he was doing. All right, so let's try to get through this a little bit quicker. We got uh, only got about 11, 12 minutes because we're trying to make catch the uh, trying to catch the man. All right, what's the next one, uh, Kennedy? They have a vivid direction in life and a purpose. Okay, y'all hear that? They uh, they have a vivid direction in life because their their life is attached to a purpose. People who are above average realize that their life is not just by happenstance. But in truth, we have a purpose. Kennedy, do you have do you believe you have a purpose in your life? Of course. Do you do you think you know what your purpose is? You don't have to say it out loud, but do you think you already know what your purpose is? Or yes. you think it's still being developed? Uh I think I have parts okay. that I know. What about you, Trey? Uh I really don't know my purpose yet. Mm-hmm. I I said that a couple weeks ago. I say that a lot actually. It's something big though. It's something God has something planned for me. I just don't know what it is yet. But you know what I like about that? Even with you saying that you don't know what your purpose is, what you're doing in the meantime is you're preparing yourself because because I've never seen anybody so dedicated when it's time to learn something. 
I mean, you will study, 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 study. Like right now, you're studying for the real estate. You did, when you learned how to do 4X, I mean, you would be up all night reading, studying the 4X and all that kind of stuff. So this, what I'm saying is to say this, even if you don't know your purpose, understand that in a garden, that you don't have to only have one type of vegetable in that garden. Mm -hmm. You can have several different types. You can have sweet potatoes in the garden. You can have corn in the garden. You can have okra in the garden. And you put all those things in there, and guess what? If you planted the seed, mm -hmm. when the time comes, then something, some vegetation can come from that seed, right? Mm -hmm. So even if you don't know your purpose right now, hear me, son. If you don't know your purpose, and I ain't going to lie, I, I wouldn't mind making it. That kind of money don't even know my purpose yet. But if you don't know your purpose, keep planting the seed because when you plant the seed, eventually it's gonna grow up. So another and so um this is Lucius Aeneas Aeneas Seneca. He said, if one does not know to which port one is sailing, guess what? No wind is favorable. On a sailboat, the only way the boat can float is if you put up the if, if some wind blowing in the sails, right? And you control it. But if you don't know where you're going, what difference does it make? Right. Doesn't make okay. So what's the next one? They are truly kind. Okay. Yeah. I think right. that goes a long way. Just being a good person. Yeah. Being truly kind. Yeah. And say it's really a simple, simple terminology. This these twelve characteristics on this list made me say ouch quite a few times. Mm -hmm. Because I it made me realize just how average I really am, or really was. You know what I mean? In the last couple of years, I've really made some strides in the right direction. But I'm gonna tell you, because I, I, I've not been the most caring people to search people. And I, I got, and that's that's on me. That's on yeah, me. Yeah, I don't believe in karma, but I do believe in the law of reciprocity. And I think what what you give out is what you get back in. Yeah. I think reciprocity. You might not call it karma, but I think they're pretty close to the same thing. You might be. Yeah. Right. I, so they're truly kind. Next one is they do not. Rely on luck. I like that. One. I love that. There's so many people that rely on the luck, and so they're waiting around. I mean, you know, I I know people pay thirty, forty dollars a day for the lottery. <laughs> I mean, a couple of times a day, and even when they win, if they win three or four thousand dollars, they they playing back what they won, lost all over, you know. But they rely on luck. Casinos stay in business because people are looking for luck. I mean, people yeah, gamble because they're looking for luck. People pay the stock market now because they're looking. But look, but really, people that are above average, they don't sit around and wait on things to happen. They make things happen. Yeah, I mean, I love what I love y'all. I love your your y'all's trajectory in life. Trey, you two classes and an internship away from a master's degree, and you'll only be twenty three years old. Come on, bro, mm -hmm. Kennedy, you're a third of the way through a finance degree at one of the most prestigious universities in the state, University of Georgia. And you're only 19 years old, right? I mean, so y'all aren't, aren't sitting around waiting on things to happen. Y'all are making things happen in the meantime. And if an opportunity comes, guess what? You're going to be prepared simply because you wasn't waiting on luck. Right. Y'all were doing the necessary things to get you to the next level. I got to move on because we only got a couple more minutes before we get out of here. All right. This is a good one. Read that one for me, Trey. They are intellectually humble. You, we have to be intellectually humble. What does that mean? It means it's impossible for a man to learn what he thinks he already knows. 
Yeah, I know. I just, the only part is, I'm telling you, this gets me. Mm-hmm. I'm getting I me. Mean, if y'all can see the blood that's coming off me from all my th- all times I got cut, when a person puts himself in a position where he can no longer no longer learn, that individual is not intellectually humble, and above average people should be intellectually humble. Yep, you're right, uh, Anthony McCreary. Above average people are intentional, but uh, and they're definitely intellectually humble. Also. They practice what? The art of contentment. Isn't that crazy? Contentment is an art. Mm -hmm. I know so many people who are never, when Prince wrote a song about it, he called it insatiable. And what insatiable means is that you're incapable of being satisfied. I know too many people that are incapable, never satisfied. Every time you see them, they complain. They, they live on barely getting long boulevard, and they're, they're never happy because it never seems like they never get enough. Mm-hmm. They're always, I mean, never satisfied. They're always affected by what some what some uh, people call the more mentality. I always want more. But we got to learn to practice the art of contentment. We need to be cool. Thank God I got some food to eat. Thank God I got a little gas to go in the car. Thank God I can handle, you know, I, I, I mean, I might not have all my wants. And I'm going to be honest with y'all, for those first couple of years when I was stuck on that couch, man, that was a that was a super humbling experience for me. And it taught me to be satisfied with enough. What's the next one? They aren't ashamed to ask for help. Y'all get that? They are not ashamed to ask for help. Most people don't want to ask for help. Do they? No. Most people feel like it's it's because, you know, why Why do y'all think people don't want to ask for help? I think they feel more, uh, I think they feel better about saying they did it on their own, whether they fail or succeed. I think that's one way. What about you, Ladybug? Mm. I keep calling my kids about that. Y'all hear me talking about that. Right. No one calls me Trey. <laughs> yeah, I ain't I think I've been saying Turk all game. I agree. Just pride, just wanting to That's stand the, on their own. That too. But I believe that a lot of people just don't want people in their business. Mm. People are people are embarrassed to ask people for help. Because if 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 I ask you for help, that means I've invited you in my house. Yeah. And and see, we're from a different era. When when you were younger, when we were younger, you just didn't invite people in your house. And when you invited them to your house, your house definitely had to be clean. And if your house wasn't clean, mama sure wouldn't let nobody come over there. And so when you when you ask people for help, in a sense, what you're doing metaphorically is you're airing out your dirty laundry. And you're inviting people to come in your house and put their foot on your coffee table and see, okay, yeah, this person has the same type of problems that I have. And because they have the same type of problems that I have, then I got to be careful about letting them in uh, to my personal my personal space. We're almost done. We only got a couple of more to go, but uh, but three more. But we're talking we're talking about characteristics of above average people because we're trying to really affect the top five individuals that we spend the most time with because that we're the average of those top five. So three more things. Number one, uh, the final three is. They take full responsibility for their lives. When you take full responsibility, that means that you, uh, 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 when you have, uh, when you take full responsibility for your life, 
that means that you don't practice the art of pointing the finger at everybody else. You realize that where you are or where you aren't is 100% on you. Wherever you are. What are you going to say? Every choice you've made has been your choice and led you to where you are. I used to struggle with that one, man, especially with you, Trey, because there were certain things that I, I, certain opportunities I thought that we might, that we might not have been in a financial position to put, to put you in certain positions growing up. And I used to think that a lot, but at the end of the day, we're still right. I think we're still right where God wants us to be. The, uh, the steps of a good man, the Bible says, are ordered by the Lord. I used to, I, I like to always say that I'm, that since I qualify, I believe I'm just taking a walk. You know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a good man, and since my steps are already ordered, and, and I'm walking by faith, I'm really, really just taking a walk. You know, and where I end up is where I'm supposed to be. Uh, but at a certain point in life, maturity kicks in when you really learn how to take full responsibility for everything that's going on, whether it's right or wrong in your life. Uh, here's the next one right here, and both of y'all are good at this. Both of y'all, ladies, but I don't know how you do it, but you do it. I want you to read that one right there for me. They radically protect their focus. They radically. How do you stay focused? Because you, y'all, those that don't, this, this child makes straight A's. I mean, she makes straight A's. She might make a B every now and then, but she makes straight A's. But if you watch her study regimen, she'll sit on the couch and I've said this before, and the dog will be sitting right beside her begging for food or whatever. She'll have the book in her lap, TV on, but she gets it done. And she's writing, she's reading. How do you stay focused in those times? I just... I'm just committed. I'm committed to being my best, and I will do whatever it takes to get there. And I don't know, the environment, it just never has affected me. I've just always done it, so I feel no need to change That's it. A good thing. Yeah. yeah. And you know that 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 points back to what we said last week. You gotta attach yourself to the desire and not the goal. Because you said I, I gotta get it done. I mean, I have no choice but to get it done and and, and I I'm gonna focus. Trey, how do you how do you how do you maintain focus? I mean you you get up and you well you you used to have to Go from a 92-mile-per-hour fastball to a 75-mile-per-hour curve and sitting in the outfield when it's 45 degrees and might not get a ball the whole game. How do you, how do you maintain your focus? Mm, okay, well, I, I can relate stuff more to house holiday baseball nowadays, though. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I see the end goal. I, 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 drill, I drill it. I drill it. I watch the same things over and over. Just interviews of people living the way I want to live. So I see the end goal. That's how I maintain my focus. Yeah. yeah. And baseball. You so say you're done with the baseball. So you yeah, offer me to make those analogies in the yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. And and that and and that's something that I'm really I'm really trying to work on as I'm trying to work on uh on uh on my focus because I'm the type of person that can sit in the chair, have the laptop in my lap, have both cell phones. Sending an email on one phone, playing a game on another phone, building a website with the laptop, and have the TV on, and all this stuff going on. And sometimes I might even be on the phone at the same time. But I have, and I have four or five screens up at one time. Now, I'm learning. Like today, I had I spent most of the time building a website. So y'all get ready 
The website's coming real soon. Soon, I've already got this called the Intellectual Stew. Dot com so you'll be able to go there and watch videos and get information about the show and order t-shirts and all those types of things so that should be ready in the very very near future i'm not very good at building websites but hey i'm gonna go ahead and do it and it's gonna be mine we gotta start somewhere so here we are so but so i'm so I, today i guess i was pretty focused and i'm getting better with my focus but tw but one of the characteristics of above average people is that they are uh, laser focused. And now the final, the final one is of all of the characteristics. I just look and let's notice I spell characteristics wrong. Uh, the uh, final one is is that they are filled with love. They're filled with love. So when a person is filled with love, then that is a above average type person how do y'all feel about that can y'all see how that how that fits into the characteristic how would how would a person being filled with love uh equate to someone who is an above average person i feel like when i i would like probably replace love with positivity okay i don't because i think if you're positive and you have a good outlook about what you're doing your uh what's that word uh, mm. uh, you're validating every step of the way validating yourself you don't need anyone to validate you if you're positive in that way i think that you're gonna just radiate a better energy mm -hmm. what, about be you, what about you Trey? me james <laughs> what about you, uh, uh, love yeah yeah it goes hand in hand to one of our earlier points of um what was that being truly kind just it goes hand in hand and saying like uh being a lovable person a loving person it just kind of radiates like she said that good energy off of you and it attracts it as well gotcha and then that okay now you you, you that that's a good thing right there you want to you want good energy you want to radiate good energy because people do and you know what people use that term a whole lot right now energy yeah they mean i don't i don't know if it's metaphysics or whatever it is but uh people really do use uh that whole term talking about uh positive energy or good energy or reading somebody's aura and all that kind of stuff i'm still of the old school so i still call it the holy spirit and i think the holy spirit leads us and guides us into all truth and all of those things but those are the 12 characteristics. Oh, get it for me. Uh, yeah. Okay, there we go. Yeah, those are the 12 characteristics of above average people. Listen, this is going to be our new showtime on Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock. I thank you all for joining the conversation tonight as we talked about raising our averages. And that's what we want to do. We want to raise our average. It might be time to cut some dead weight. If you're hanging around people who are not, uh, who are detracting from you and not adding to you, then you might, or if you, every time you get out of a conversation with them, you leave, you find yourself miserable or feeling worse than you did when you first started that conversation, it might be time to cut that dead weight. So we're out of here. Uh, it's been a good night. It's uh, been a good night. I'm glad my children have been able to uh, join me on tonight as we talk about and I give them their little pop quiz as they go into their life. But remember this, the world, well, first of all, we're on the path to better, right?
Okay, so we're on the path to better, but Kendra, I need you to help me say it. The world is changing. So why do you remain the same? Huh? So why do you remain the same? Say it one more time, Kennedy. So why do you remain the same? The world is changing. Why do you remain the same? We'll talk to you next time.